Thanks for tuning in to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast, Safe Talk, with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Safe Talk. Your hosts are here and we're locked in. You got Billy Floyd. And, of course, the star of the show, Jenny Hunter. (laughs) Jenny, what's up? (laughs) Well, uh, I love that you call me the star of the show, but I think you also are a star of the show. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Jenny. I feel like we just take over this type of environment because we love we love talking, we love sharing, and most importantly, we love helping. And honestly, yeah. you know, the, the real stars are the ones who take yeah. the time to listen to this, and then they take yeah. action on what we're saying, and then their life gets better, and things go in an upward direction. So we got some stars that deliver the info, and then the other big stars <laughs> who are consuming it taking it and running with it. So I think this is just an incredible galaxy that we have here, Jenny. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) This podcast has done so many wonders for, I know, everybody who listens. Of course, Jenny and I, we love it, and this helps us. We get to talk our truths. We get to help people out. We really, really enjoy doing this. And we're also letting people know that, like, we want to – enjoy some of our time this summer and that's why you know with the beginning of you know may and june and july it's going to get busy it's going to get fun we're going to be traveling we're going to be doing vacations some more work hanging out with friends enjoying the beautiful weather so we're actually going to be taking a little bit of a break from safe no so this is going to be this is going to be this is it yes jenny we're taking the break you're ending season two right here right now we're just going to be gone for a few months not too long at all we're going to have some fun this summer we're going to lock in with our friends and our family and then in a few months a few quick short months we'll be right back right where we're at right now for season three but in the meantime if you want to reach out to us if you want to be a part of the facebook group the facebook page JR's Hunt for Life, it is a phenomenal support group page. So many great people, so much love, so much wisdom, so many great tips are shared in that group chat. So, of course, join the group, be a part of it on Facebook, and then obviously you can reach out to me personally. My email is williampeoriedfloyd214 at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook of my own, TikTok with the handle at one Billy Floyd. If you want to share some tips with us, if you want to tell us a story, if you just want to talk, if if you want us to help out by being your safe person, whatever, like please feel free to reach out to me. And I know Jenny, you're right there for everybody as well. So why don't you share your information too? And if you want to talk more about the Facebook group, go for it. But take it over, Jenny. Thank you, Billy. 
Okay, so we are and I am available 24-7. My admins on our page, on any social media, where we are, look up JR's Hunt for Life. That's the name of our nonprofit. This podcast is called Safe Talk, and it is on most podcast platforms. Um, So reach out anytime, JR's Hunt for Life. Myself or any admin will respond to you. You can message us on Facebook. You can email me personally, jlh35 at hotmail.com. My phone number in the United States is 307-259-6032. I have had some international calls, which are a little different for me. I'm trying to get used to that. Um, But, you know, um, suicide is not just where I live. It's everywhere. So we are here to help everyone. We're global, right, Billy? And we, we just, we don't, you know, care where you're from, what you're doing, just reach out to us and we will help in any way that we can. Um, Also, that includes, like Billy said, even though we are taking a podcast break, you can still reach out to us during our break. Please, please know that we are still available and we will, uh, we are here to help you because we, you know, I myself cannot take a break from helping people. That's, that's kind of my, um, the thing that I do to uplift myself and get my um, happiness trifecta going, which I've talked about before. We'll talk about that again sometime. But yes, reach out to us. Uh, suicide knows no time limit. So anytime anyone needs any help, just Give us a ring, reach out to us, messenger, on our pages, whatever. Right, Billy? That is it. That is it. We want to hear from you. We want to be a part of your life. And like Jenny said, you know, we just want to be there for you. And just because we're gone for a little bit, taking a little break from the show, that doesn't mean that we're taking a break from you. That doesn't mean that we're taking a break from the mission, you know. So, If you want to be a part of anything, if you want to reach out, if you want to connect, everything we just said, it is valid. So please feel free to reach out. And with that finally being said, we will now start it up. We will now get into the final episode of Season 2 here on Safe Talk. So last episode... We started a conversation. We're talking about 12 things parents can do to help prevent suicide. So, Jenny, last week we really dove into, you know, a couple of them to start. I know you talked about one of the reasons being if you see signs that your child's mental health is under threat, tune in. So that, you know, is huge. There's things that people can do. There's things that parents can do. you got to tune in if you see that their health is under threat, their mental health. Also, they can listen even when your child is not talking. So those are two valid points. And also, we tapped into the third thing, you know, in this discussion. So, Jenny, you want to hop right into that? I know we have a lot of work here to do. And whatever we don't finish, I'm sure we'll just tackle in season three. So 
Go ahead, Jenny. The floor is yours. <laughs> Thank you, Billy. So before I get started, I want everyone to know that if you have any suggestions of how parents can help children uh, be safe from suicide, please reach out to us. Give us those thoughts. Uh, give us things that you have done perhaps or you have seen them and send them to us so that we can talk about those here on the podcast. We like real life and real time experiences. And so I am encouraging you even through this break to reach out, email us, whatever you need to do. Let us know anything that may have helped you, may have helped a family member, a friend, Whatever the case may be, please reach out to us because we plan on talking about those when we come back for season three. So speaking of number three, that's what we are on is number three. So we started last time with realize that your child might be facing suicide risk you haven't considered yet. So many parents think, well, this this wouldn't happen to my child. This can't happen. But yes. It does happen, and young children or people of any any race, any gender identity, any sexual orientation, income, any backgrounds, any family things, any any death by suicide in their family, all these things we're going to talk about and have talked about are risky things, things that you may not have thought about that have happened in your child's life as well as yours. So just so that you know, in the United States, suicide is the second leading cause of death among people 10 years of age to 24 years of age. That's pretty darn young, pretty darn young. So we're going to go through some things that can cause young people to think about suicide. These are just a few of the things that have been documented. I can tell you from my own personal experiences of helping people, there are many, many other things. In fact, people ask me, what what causes suicide? And my only answer, it has always been there are as many, many things as there are human beings because everyone is different, everyone is complicated and intricate, and there are many, many things that may cause a person to end their life. We're going to talk about the most common things, things that you can see and notice and may have happened in your life. So the first one is loss of a loved one to death, uh, natural death or otherwise, a divorce, uh, deployment, deportation or incarceration any of these things can cause a young person to think about suicide i personally have dealt with young people that have been walking through divorce with their family have been suicidal um we my daughter and i uh had a group that we would go to the juvenile jail um and we had a questionnaire that we would hand out and they would anonymously answer it. And and one of the questions was, have you ever considered suicide? And almost all of them answered yes. 
And so we would say, well, why, why? Almost every one of you answered that, yes, you consider suicide. And one of the young girls in juvenile jail said, well, look where we are. And that was the answer. They were in jail. They were incarcerated. And they felt like it was the end of their world. And and we all know that when we're young and impetuous and everything is a hundred times more serious or more I don't even know the words to use, but they, you know, they don't see the end of it. They see the moment of it, and they don't realize that, hey, this is temporary. This is just temporary. Being in jail is temporary. I don't have to do anything again that causes me to be in jail. And so when they are in jail, they're thinking suicide because that's their way to solve this issue. So a lot of times, uh, loss of a loved one, let's say a parent or a sibling can cause uh, a young person to think about suicide also. Any, anything that may happen in their life that causes some kind of distress to them, um, they can consider suicide. So the next one would be bullying. Um, and that can be in person at school or wherever or through technology, and we have talked about this. And, again, when I would teach um, suicide prevention in schools, I would hand out a questionnaire that um, would ask if they had ever been both. And most of them, I would say a very high percentage of them, said yes, they had been bullied. And I asked on the questionnaire, had they considered suicide? And many of them said yes, they had considered suicide because of the bullying. Another question was, did you report the bullying? And probably I have the statistics around 65, 70% said yes, they did report the bullying. However, nothing was done. The bullying did not stop. Now, the school can only try to stop bullying on school property. Once people leave the school property, the bullying continues. Uh, the bullying continues online or on, uh, you know, social media. And that's one of the things that social media hasn't gotten a grip on yet. But that's very dangerous because we are seeing young people in their lives because of online bullying and, uh, you know, just threats and gossip and intimidation and things like that that are happening online. So uh, the majority of these questionnaires proved to me, and I had several hundred of these questionnaires, they proved to me that Many, many, many kids are considered uh, victims of bullying, and that means many, many, many of them have a perpetrator. A perpetrator is just as much at risk as a victim because the perpetrator is not having a good life either, or they wouldn't be acting out like this. So they must not be having a good uh, home life, or maybe they're being bullied uh, by someone older or bigger, and they're turning around and they're bullying someone 
that's a little bit smaller or, you know, just any number of things. So we can't just look at a person being bullied as the victim because the perpetrator can also be uh, a victim and a victimizer. So it's, it's, it's a circular thing that's happening with bullying and gossiping and intimidation. So if that's happening in your family, uh, talk about it. And we've talked about this before. Keep the communication open with your children. Uh, allow them to just say whatever they need to say and so that you can help them and you can see what's going on. Um, so, Billy, did you ever experience any bullying yourself? I mean, honestly, looking back when I was in elementary school and middle school, you know, there were definitely kids that would like, they wouldn't like, it wasn't like the classic bullying where like they would like harass me or like pick on me in a terrible like relentless way. Um, but there were plenty of times that people would say like really mean comments, like kind of make fun of the way I would like behave or the way I would do things. Cause I was always like a positive, like kind person. And I was always compassionate trying to understand people. And, you know, sometimes when you're positive or sometimes when you're, you know, a little different, like sometimes people are like, Oh, wait, wait weirdo. Like what's wrong with you? Are you like that? Like how could and it wasn't, like, bad bullying, but, like, there were times where people would say things that were mean and they would, like, pick on me. And it's like, you know what? Like, I always just knew that anybody who was hating on me or just being a jerk or being a bully or being mean, like, you know, they're just not happy people. You know, they're not a happy mm-hmm. person. You know, I've right. said this quote on the show plenty of times. Those who are hating aren't happy and those who are happy aren't hating, you know. Anybody who's picking on you, anybody who's being a jerk, anybody who's just being like a buffoon, you know, they're just coming from a place that's dark and they don't know how to handle their anger. They don't know how to handle their frustration. So, of course, the first thing they're going to do is pick on you and they're going to be mean. So I always just knew down within, like, I'm above this. It's irrelevant to me. Yeah, some of the words are like hurtful and it's not nice and I don't want to be called this stuff or I don't want to hear this stuff, but like I can't control what comes out of these kids' mouths. I can't control it. All I can control is Mm -hmm. who I am and how I react to it. So I feel like I've always just been good at not letting it get to me and everybody's different. Sometimes it's really hard for people to like hear this type of stuff. I understand it. Like, I'm a human. There's been plenty of times where I've been like, oh, man, like, that is, is that true? That's sad. Like, damn, is that really me? You know, is that how I am? But, like, at the end of the day, I just know who I am. And if someone's mm-hmm. going to say something bad about it, it's like, all right, you know, that's what they're going to say. But it doesn't really matter what they say. <clears throat> all that matters is what I know. And that's a, you know, full-on statement that I always live by. It doesn't matter what they say. It's only about what I know. So if there's anybody (laughs) out there who has gone through bullying, if they're going through it right now, you just got to remember that whoever's bullying you, who's ever being the jerk, you know, 
they are wildly insecure about probably several different things. Also, their parents might not be locked in. Maybe their parents didn't teach them about being kind and not being a jerk. Maybe they're really upset because their home life is hard. Maybe their parents are going through a tough time or they're getting a divorce or maybe at home that kid is getting bullied by their brothers and sisters or maybe in a different friend group or a different area that person is being bullied. So it's just their turn to take it out on someone else and that someone else might be you or it might be a friend. So at the end of the day, just remember anybody who's hating, anybody who's bullying, anybody who's just being like that, someone you don't want to be around, it's coming from an unfortunate place, and they're literally just taking it out on you because they don't know how else to handle it. So it's easier said than done. Getting over bullies and you know pushing that nonsense to the side. But at the end of the day, you know you just got to get through it. You just got to find a way to understand that everything I just said is true, and you can get through it. So I think that is a great little feel right there that can lead us into a commercial break. We've been crushing it for about 20 or so minutes. When we get back, we can maybe finish up this little discussion right now and then move on to what's next. But before we even think about that, we're going to get a quick word in from our local sponsors, and then we'll be back. Safe Talk. Thank you to our sponsors for locking in with us and giving us that good word. Jenny, we just talked about bullying. I was sharing my experience a little bit. Um, looking for your response after that. Anything you want to add? You want to move on to what's next? What do you want to talk about? Well, thank you, Billy. I I have uh, dealt a lot with these types of situations and you know the the way children and young people behave is usually a learned behavior. If they are bullying it, they are learning it somewhere else. Uh, it doesn't come natural. It's not something that kids are born with to be bullies. I think it's all learned behavior uh, on the most on the you know for the most part. And so you know I know I'm an adult. As a child though it would be hard to remember that this is a learned behavior. Something's going on with this other person at home or with someone else. It's just hard. I mean, and that to me is is for a more mature outlook and mind to understand that. But if we can kind of drive that home with kids, maybe they can understand it and not take it so personal as to want to take their life. I know I was bullied one time in school for a period of time, and uh, I it, it scared me. It did scare me, and it I had to walk to and from school alone, and it was pretty scary for me, and eventually it just kind of went away, and they stopped doing it because 
I, I, you know, I didn't pay attention to them. I did my best to act like it wasn't bothering me, but it did bother me. So I do know the feeling, and I can empathize with people that are being bullied. So it's not an easy subject. There's really not a lot of answers other than, you know, what what you just talked about. So we need to keep our kids safe and let them talk to us and keep that communication open so we can find out if they're being bullied or if they're being a bully. So our next one we're going to go to is discrimination, rejection, or hostility due to these are hot topics gender identity or sexual orientation so these are topics that are nowadays in the forefront and in the past before they became hot topics uh, I have been to scenes I'm a victim's responder a first responder and I have been to scenes of suicide where young people have ended their lives um, because they weren't accepted because of their sexual orientation or gender identity and unfortunately um, whatever happened, whatever caused them to think they did not want to live with this, uh, yes, this is, this is something that does happen. Uh, discrimination happens on a uh, racial uh, level as well as discriminating against kids or younger people that may have disabilities. So all of these things that are readily visible uh, to parents and adults are something that we should uh, keep our eyes open, uh, watch for, continue to talk, keep the communication lines open because, you know, kids, when their hormones start raging, they're already confused. And this just kind of adds to the confusion and it makes it a little more um, fragile to them. So these things, discrimination, rejection, hostility due to gender identity or sexual orientation are things that as parents, you can see, you don't have to guess about it. You can see and just keep that communication open regarding these things. Um, the next one is racism, discrimination regarding that, and related inequities and stressors. So racism is also one of those hot-button topics um, that is now at the forefront again. And I think that young people get caught up in it because of the adults that are caught up in it. I think young people, to me, have always been very accepting of each other regardless of race. And, I mean, that's what I have seen. And I, I went to school with mixed races, and my children did. And there was, you know, never – everyone always got along, but we live here in Wyoming. So – it wasn't racism was not really a topic here um, however in some of the states where it is I can see where children would get caught up in this and um, get maybe bullied and picked on because of it so that's another thing that um, 
parents or adults can see is racism. They can readily identify it, deal with it, don't let it go on, just hit it right on. Uh, and, you know, you have to kind of have to nip it in the bud, these things that, that you can readily um, recognize and see and take care of um, as the adult. So <clears throat> also family history of suicide or mental health difficulties. And let me just say that if there's a family history of suicide, the odds of it's more suicides in that family increase exponentially. Um, it, it, it Once someone breaks the dam, then it kind of it has its way. And it's sad but true. And I know in our family, we are one of these statistics. Um, as I've talked about before, one of my husband's brothers took his life. Now it's 30 years ago, uh, which was not something people talked about 30 years ago. Um, then his other brother ha attempted a few times, is alive today. Um, and uh, two nephews and our son and this is all on the men's side of our of my husband's family so like i said we are this family is one of these statistics it is proven that suicides in a family lead to more suicides in the family sadly but that is something that parents can watch for also because that's a known factor that's not unknown. That is a known factor, and you can watch for that. Or mental health difficulties. So that's another thing that runs in families. As I've talked about before, the men in my husband's family have had bipolar manic depression and or just depression, anxiety. These things have been documented in this family. The men have been... Um, medicated for this so it is quite quite dominant in our family so i recognize that this is a serious issue in my husband's side of the family in the men and that is something that again is readily visible in any other males born into my husband's side of the family need to be watched very closely so that, like I said, that's something that uh, parents can watch for in their own families. Also, stigma. We've talked about stigma, haven't we? <laughs> I mean, we have talked about stigma until we are blue in the face. Stigma is is something that is uh, very insidious. It's invisible. It can attach to a person without that person even knowing it. And so let's say that um, you have a mental health issue in your family and you've taken your child to be evaluated and now you're, it's going to be treated for a mental health issue and that stigma attaches immediately. Uh, it takes no time at all for a stigma to attach. And if there's been a suicide in the family, the stigma attaches. So I'm very hopeful, and we're going to probably do a podcast on this, that 
since COVID, there have there are so many more resources to reach out to. Everybody's talking about mental health, about addictions, online, uh, on any social platform. There are counselors now. You can reach out anywhere, any time of the day to a therapist or a counselor or a doctor um, and be safe. So it's not like it used to be prior, pre-COVID. So someday we're going to be talking about that, that I'm believing that the stigma is starting to succumb to the recognition uh, that now social media uh, platform has made, made it a more acceptable topic to talk about. Let's say that. I hope I'm explaining myself right. Do you understand what I'm trying to say, Billy? Of course, Jenny. I love how you're always just thinking about others and always trying to be clear, always trying to be locked in on your word and your message and what you can really deliver so people can understand and so how you know, what we do, what you do, it just, it really hits home for me. It really hits home for everybody I know that listens. And I'm just grateful that you take so much time out of your busy life to give back and to share your wisdom, to share your knowledge and to share your tips. It really is a miracle situation and we are all so grateful for it. And, you know, with that being said, I think we're, we're ready to wrap up season two right here this is the final episode we're going to close things out very very soon you know before we kind of wrap it up jenny is there anything you want to leave the people with as we head on to the summer months before we come back for season three well i wish everyone a good next couple of months a safe next couple of months Whatever country you're in, whatever state you're in, we are now entering into the summer in the United States. So it's kind of a time for us to relax, let our hair down, go outside, take up some activities that we can't do for the next nine months. <laughs> so, so it's kind of our refreshing time is the way I like to think about it. However, the risk continue with people. Um, suicide will not stop, does not stop during summer months just because it's summer. So anybody, everybody can reach out to us. Don't feel bad. Reach out. We we want to help you all. We want to be available. We are available. And we want to hear from you. I want to drive that home. We want to hear from you what your thoughts are, what you want to know, how can we help you. If you have um, issues that you don't understand, reach out to us. And we are here. We, You are number one for us. That is why we do this. Billy and I have made you a priority. And um, every one of you, every single one of you are our, our priority. So everyone have a great next couple of months. We'll be back soon. Um, Billy, I'm going to miss you. <laughs> well, but Jenny, I hope no, I'm always, talking. <laughs> always here for you. Anytime you need a call or text or check in, 
Facebook, love, anytime we comment on each other's posts, you know, we're never out of the picture. We're never just not talking. We're always associated. We're always giving love. We're always being there for each other. And I'm so grateful, Jenny. I, you know, I love you the most and I love everything we do together. So, yeah, it's going to be tough not talking in this setting, but we will talk behind the scenes, doing what we do best. And of course, we'll be here in just a short matter of time. I mean, it will fly by because the summer always goes by so fast. So Mm -hmm. everybody listening, thank you for the love. Thank you for the support. Thank you for being along for the ride. Enjoy your summer. Have so much fun doing whatever you do to have a great time. And we'll see you soon. Jenny, it's going to be fun. Yes, it is. Everyone be safe. Take care. You've been listening to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast Safe Talk with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. Jenny Hunter is the founder of JR's Hunt for Life, a suicide prevention nonprofit movement offering hope and support globally. I'm Billy Floyd. I'm a podcast host, a media broadcaster, and most importantly, a positive influencer. Sounds of Soul Music is courtesy of Fearless Motivation. Find out more about JR's Hunt for Life at jrshuntforlife.org. If someone in your life is feeling suicidal, it's important to take immediate action. Here are some steps you can take to help. Number one, stay calm and listen. It's important to approach the situation with a calm demeanor. Listen to their concerns and validate their feelings. No judgments. Let them know you're there to help and support them. Number two, take it seriously. It's crucial to take any suicidal thoughts or feelings seriously. Don't downplay or dismiss their concerns, and don't promise confidentiality if you feel the person is in immediate danger. Number three, seek professional help. Encourage the person to seek help from a mental health professional like a therapist or a counselor. Offer to help them make an appointment and offer to accompany them to their first session. Be sure to follow through. Number four, call emergency services. If the person is in immediate danger, call 911. If it's safe for you, stay with the person until professionals are with them and continue to offer support. Number five, remove potential means. If you know the person has access to firearms, medications, or other potentially lethal objects, try to remove them from the person's immediate environment as long as it's safe for you to do so. If it is not safe for you to remove potential means, advise emergency services of the situation. Remember, Suicidal thoughts and feelings are a sign of intense emotional pain and should be taken very seriously. By offering support and taking appropriate action, you can help someone in crisis get the help they need. Another thing to know is that 988, the National Crisis Line, 
which used to be 1-800-LIFELINE, cannot track your location unlike 911. Therefore, they cannot directly send an ambulance to you and must make several phone calls to do so. Additionally, when you call 988, they will connect you to a regional crisis center based on the area code from which you were calling. So it's essential to know the appropriate crisis line to call based on your location and the level of crisis. If someone actually did something to try to not be alive, call 911 or take them to the ER. If they are thinking about doing something, consider calling 988 first. They can help you decide if you need to take additional steps. Action and ideas are two different things. You can learn how to tell them apart and what to do about it, as well as find more information and support around suicide prevention by joining our private Facebook group at JR's Hunt for Life, a confidential safe space where there's no judgment and talk saves lives.